Yeah, like I, I do have thoughts on amps actually. I think that my biggest takeaway, obviously the 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 uh, the title of the podcast is does does your amp matter? All all if somebody asks me kind of like if a pro asks me what do I think about amps what you know what I like and and, and all of that I can't ever give them a real solid answer because there's so many alike um yeah but I will say that it for me it can affect everything everything yeah if it's really okay oh if it's not right and it's for me it's something to do with the way it moves there and it's and it's absolutely nothing I can identify in a shop I, I, I've played a bunch of cabs in a shop and it's, and it's sure. just, and I can't ide- identify it, but then I get it in on a gig and I'm like, yeah. this isn't the thing. It just feels weird. How about you? Like, what's your, I guess, sort of like 10,000 well, foot view I, I, on amps. I'm so, oh man, I'm so curious about like what that actually means, because I agree you have to have it in context. Like there's a place in St. Paul called Willie's that I bought a few things from. It's a high-end kind of vintage shop. They've got a bunch of great bass cab- cabs and amps like Bergantino and, you know, these kind of high things, like yeah. highfalutin, you know, hi-fi boutique things. And their floor in the space is like a wood floor. And I think it's sort of hollow underneath. Mm. So whenever you play a bass through an amp in that shop, it sounds unbelievable. Because <laughs> the floor is kind of vibrating and you think, oh, this is the best amp I've ever heard. Or this is the best bass. Whatever you're shopping for, you plug it in there. Even if it's a cable, you're like, this is the best cable I've ever heard. Yeah, but what yeah. you're actually responding to is the physical space. You're responding to how the floor is vibrating. Um, and I mean, you know, I was going to save this point for the, the end of the podcast, like the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> but I think, I think it's about the space so much more and about yeah. how the particular amp works in that space or doesn't work in that space more than it's about the amp. So Ooh. when people ask me, what's the best amp? I say, where are you playing? What are you playing? Because it totally, totally matters. Yeah. You can have the biggest, best, holy grail, unbelievable tube amp. But if it's in a room that's really boomy and you're trying to juice up all that low end and it's, you know, blurry and kind of warm and fuzzy, it'll sound terrible. But it's not the amp's fault. It's your fault for bringing the wrong amp into So what you're saying is like different, you know? different amps for different situations. Yeah, or like the <laughs> thing that I that I say to like younger players is like um don't don't worry about the amp, worry about getting into a better band. <laughs> like worry about <laughs> getting into a band that that has a sound person and that plays great rooms. Like mm. that's what you should be worried about and then any amp will be great. <laughs> like if if you're in a great band in a great room with a great PA, your amp matters little. Yeah. Or it matters yeah. less than if you're trying to, you know, because you've got a big sound coming out front, you're feeling it in the room, right? Like, you yeah. know, versus you're trying to make the whole thing happen with your fancy amp that you've spent all this time and money worrying about and paying for. Uh, I think that has diminishing returns. And I mean, I have a couple of stories that just back that up in my life because I have been amp obsessed. Obsessed. Amp obsessed. 
dude obsessed <laughs> over the years. Take us through it, dude. Take us I through I mean, it. and and I I want to know what this is like for you, but but can I can I give you one tale of woe, <laughs> real quick? Yeah, check this out, dude. <laughs> Uh, I bought a Sadowski SA200. Do you know that amp? They made a small run of them. It's a 200 watt. Yeah, it was in the maybe early 2000s. SA200. Um, They were expensive, beautiful. Uh, They made a small run of them, I think under 100. Oh, yes, you've seen these before. Um, They're huge, aren't they? Yes. They're huge, and they just sort of look like a beautifully designed library. <laughs> like yeah, I always sort of thought it looked like a grill. building, like a beautiful got the grill on yes. the front. It looks like yeah. it weighs; it's heavier than the sun. <laughs> it's not though. I mean, it's probably it half not? the weight. I mean, it's not light, but it's probably forty to fifty pounds, so probably half the weight of an SVT. And yeah. if you don't know the old Ampeg SVT, for anybody listening, this great three hundred watt classic tube amp that Ampeg started to make in the late sixties, they weigh about eighty five pounds, and it's, it's also it's like a heavy eighty five pounds. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it just feels awkward to carry. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. sound incredible but you know here comes this amp that's oh it's all hand wired and you can you can change the power tube scott i mean oh Oh. el34s you you want to try you want to try kt88s sure you want to (laughs) try 6l6s oh yeah of course you're pulling them out you're putting in the new tubes Ooh, and then you get out on the gig and you're playing you know you're playing your wedding gig (laughs) you know uh uh brown-eyed girl and and because you've done all this tube you know sorcery one of the tubes just goes and flames out and now suddenly there's just no bass you go did this happen to you (laughs) yes yes (laughs) and i go oh and i mean and and then the the words that my wife said to me echoed in my mind where i was telling her about this amp you know i said emily i have the opportunity to get quote unquote the best amp and she said oh my god dude she goes why do you need the best amp and I was like, because, it, because it's the best. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but like, aren't you a good, like, aren't you a good bass player? Shouldn't you be able to make any amp sound good? And I'm like, well, but it, but babe, it, it's the best. <laughs> She's like, okay, all right. And then I bought it, dude. And then it just was a source of headache. I mean, I got the oh, tube really? thing figured out, and now it's it's stable, but. Yeah, so it, like it would flame out certain tubes and and you know and then I I finally got it figured out. But what I discovered from that experience is that when you're playing in an ensemble, your amp just needs to work. Like that's yeah, the yeah. that's the thing that needs to be like it it needs you need to be able to play low notes through <laughs> through right? And you get yeah. sometimes I get so precious about it, right? That then oh all this time and money and energy and it's so fiddly and now it breaks well you know what does the band leader care about more that you have the fan- oh, the dude. best amp yeah <laughs> for brown eyed girl or that it works <laughs> oh man like right? did you get your ass kicked on that on that gig they were real i mean that's a band of friends so they're real real nice to me and i've plugged into a di and you know we got it sorted but Man, I just, I went through a time in my life where I thought the amp really mattered. 
So yeah. if this title of this is Does the Amp Matter? I really went through, I don't know if you if you did, but I went through a time where I thought, yes, I have oh, an yeah. SVT. I have this class, this beautiful boutique Sadowski thing. I have a B15. I have little rigs. I've got, I mean, I really went through it. And what I discovered for me is that it doesn't really matter. What Got matters yeah. is if it works and if it's the right thing in the space that you're playing. That's the key I think thing, that's twofold. Yeah. I think that's sonically, right? It's sonically and it's also aesthetic. I want to yeah. have, like when I, I went out on tour with Eric Hutchinson for the first time and we were playing some big cool venues and I brought my big SVT that's white. It's the one that's, it's the oh, sitting yeah. by the fridge, right? It's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you know, and I cased it up and because aesthetically it was the right thing to have. And I think that to me matters more than the brand, than the speaker size, than the wattage, than the, yeah, 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 like yeah, how yeah, it yeah. presents on stage is actually really important to me. And yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. less important for other people, but maybe more than you're willing to admit some of you out there, you know, like yeah, a big yeah, amp no, like, on stage absolutely. looks sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what is your... Yeah. What is your, like, what has been your, is is there a a moment, like, there is for me, um, yeah, we can, like, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But for you, what, has there ever been a situation in your past where you, you've played a gig, right? Can be any gig, small gig, medium gig, large gig. You've played a gig and the amp has just sounded incredible. And, and, and you've turned around and just thought, this this amp is the best thing that ever happened to my life and so what was yes. the gig and what was the amp i mean i've had a i've had a number of experiences like that um but i don't attribute it to the amp Ooh. i think i think it's more about how the amp is in the room and mm. it and it about how the amp is sounding like with the drummer you know, like, so, but here, here's why I say that. Okay. I've had a few experiences, like with some big SVTs. They're just amazing. They're punching you. I feel like one time you said something about how they're tapping you on the back, oh, you know, like so with good. like yeah. poof, 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 the yeah. punch of that. But if the room is honky and the monitors are feeding back and the drummer is, then it's not a fun feeling, right? I, I just yeah. think the amp is so contextual for me. Um, but I right now I play a noble head. Jack built a, a thousand watt. It's essentially the noble preamp connected to a thousand watt power amp in a small box. It's pretty lightweight. And I will say it's so simple. There's three knobs, volume, bass, and treble. And whenever I turn that thing on and turn it up a little bit, um, I've played it through a variety of cabs. I love the simplicity and I'm always very happy if the room is right. If the room and, is and, right. And that's the thing, dude, is I've played that amp on some other things where then the room hasn't been right or the band feels a little wonky and then I start to doubt my amp. But I don't mm. think it's the amp. <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> you know? and, and but, when but, when you but, say doubt it, do you think that you are you thinking I should have brought a smaller amp? 
Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, or like, well, well, sometimes I go down this road, I go, I go dark faster. Like instead of thinking more logically, like, oh, yeah, maybe a smaller speaker size or smaller cab or a different amp, I go like, oh, I got back to the drawing board. I gotta sell this. It's not the best <laughs> amp anymore. You know? <laughs> and, and and I just really like that's where I go. I go dark fast. I'm like, get it out of my life. Like sell it, it you know because it sort of is like breaking my heart <laughs> yeah yeah you know like yeah. you know when something doesn't work and you're and you've spent all this time and energy and money on the thing that you think is going to solve all of your problems and then it doesn't come through for you on that gig it's sometimes like like it's it's crushed me so i'm like get it out <laughs> get it out <laughs> you know and, and, that, and that's not uh, yeah exactly yeah right like i i cast it out uh but that's of course not um, the issue, the issue is, is probably just the wrong, it, it might be too overpowered. It might, you might be trying to get too much low end in a room that's really boomy and you might have to adjust, you know, your knobs. If you're, if you're kind of used to setting them and forgetting them, well, you might have to remember <laughs> and dive back in and, you know, and dial a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but man, I, I really do think it's about the space more than it is about the, the actual amplifier brand. Yeah. But I, I've talked a lot so far, dude. I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> and <laughs> well, so dude, I'm there. I, Look, I would love to hear from you. Too. <laughs> this, is, this is today's. How, how many in are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm three. I'm three <laughs> in. Three. <laughs> yeah. I'm All three right. In. How many will you, will you have another? No, I can't have another. I won't sleep tonight, dude. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Okay, 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 like okay, I okay. would if it was a little early in the day. I can definitely sink four coffees a day. But yeah, and these are pretty big as well. Like they're yeah, yeah, three hundred and thirty mil. But but getting back to that question, <laughs> do you know when I asked you about like yeah. what was that scenario? Like what was the amp that you were yeah. using in that scenario? I've I have had that that the reason why it was a loaded question, right? Because like I've I, it, was, it was a question where I was just like, oh, I want I want to tell you my please, my journey. Please tell me. Oh, yes. dude, like, out of all of the different amps that I've played for all time, in all of the different rooms and stuff like that, sure, I've yeah. definitely played in them. I've played this amp, I'm going to say, in various rooms, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, definitely the wrong amp and stuff like that. But this one amp, this one thing, has definitely been the consistent, the, or, or much yeah. more consistent in terms of like, whoa, <laughs> you know, more than yes. anything else. <laughs> and it's an amp, I guess, VT. <laughs> Yeah, it's man. just yeah dude oh yep it's and, yeah okay and tell me more about that and i want to know your thoughts too i'm assuming was it through an 810 oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay big so how much do you attribute yes how much do you attribute the feeling you have, like you think about an SVT and you're warmed by the memory of sweet, delicious bass, oh, right? Yeah. But how much of that feeling do you think you're attributing to the head versus the cabinet? Ooh, oh God. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I can answer that. <laughs> I'm not sure I can answer because that. Because I, I, I have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory. Yeah, go for it. Do you think I, my most theory is that if you, Yes. I yeah. think that if I blindfolded you and you played 10 heads through that cab, you might have the same feeling for most of those heads. Maybe, because yeah. I think it's about how that cabinet moves air. Now, there's definitely something great about the mid-range of an SVT and there's like unlimited power and, yeah. you know, they don't break up even though, even if, you know, unless you really crank them. So there's just this like 
punchy tube power section horsepower. But I think the air movement, that thing that you feel behind you, like if you plugged that SVT head into a 410, or a 212. Oh, then it would be the it same. It wouldn't give you the same. No, feeling. it wouldn't be the same. Right. It, it, yeah, it wouldn't be the same. Right. It, it's, it is definitely about the but, A10. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. I think cabinet, and that's something that I've definitely experienced, that cabinet makes a huge difference. Like if you want a bigger sound, it's not about wattage. It's not about more knobs or more low-end boost. It's about more speakers, tr- truly. Yeah, it's about yeah. the physical air movement that's what makes a, an amp you know feel big is the pushing the physical thing that a driver does when it pushes air out i think that's that's the thing absolutely i think that you're absolutely right i'm just sorry i'm just sort of like i'm half daydreaming about sort of like the, the those 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 like cozy <laughs> evenings with the svt like several svts where did you play it uh, I, like, I played them. Lo- break it down. I played, Where, where'd you I played play? Loads, like ba- like mostly on on gigs that I've travelled for. So I'll, I'll fly in, yeah, and I'll be like doing a, a gig line. somewhere in Europe or whatever, and it will be all hired in, and I'll get there, and I'll like yes. gaze over at the stage, and they're winking at oh. me, <laughs> just winking at me <laughs> with this beautiful SVT, and I know that when I play it, I'm going to be able to feel every single note. Like all of the articulations, all of the slides, yeah. it will be a set. Like, yes. a, a, and I'll be, I'll be, it'll be, I'll be stood right in front of it. It'll be right behind me, and it'll be like massaging yes. my back with all of the yes. little intricacies. <laughs> I mean, and it's just like it's such a different um, experience than playing with a, you know, like a four by ten on the floor or something like that. It's just yeah. right there, like a big warm hug behind you, and you're just like, it's oh. a big a bear that's. <laughs> It's a bear. You. It's a polar bear. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So all of my, if I could, you know, if my desert island, like rig in terms of amp yeah. and cab would just be, you know, the he- the heaviest Ampeg SVT head ever, <laughs> and and, and yes. a ginormous eight by ten a cab, and I'd be good. Oh. I'd be on a desert island, so I wouldn't need to take it anywhere, so it'd be all good, <laughs> but that would be it. Like, obviously, the, the hilarious thing is that these things are only usable in very certain situations, like for most of them. Yeah. They're absolutely ridiculous for most gigs. Like, they're ridiculous. Yes, like, right. I'm sure people have been fired for right. these. You've got to get rid of that bass player. His amp <laughs> is too big. Just fire him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. for those big gigs, man, oh, so good. Oh. So or if good. you're outside... They're so fun, right? Oh, because outside, yeah. you don't, you're not experiencing that kind of confinement or boominess or buildup of frequencies in the room, and it just yeah. is like pure. I I do remember we um, with Hutchinson, we played a gig where we flew. I think it was in either California or Nevada, and we flew in and played a thing, and it was all hired out. And the sound guy, or it was a like a production company who backlined an SVT, and it was an old one, and it was the guy who backlined it. It was his personal SVT. You know, he was oh, like, nice. oh, this is my baby, and you know, I got it tuned up just right and he you know it it had the magic and it was beautiful and i just remember being like oh i was playing my jazz bass with flats and every note just was like like had all that like punch at the top of the note and then all this like warm woolly character on the back end and i just was like this is this is the best yeah you go up on the d and the g i remember the guy too you know 
And, he, and he, do you know when and you go have, from the D and the G string? End. And, and, he, and he's just got like <laughs> yeah, masses yeah. of low end. It's like, yes! Because <laughs> normally you go up there and it's just sort of like all of the bottom end drops uh, out. Not on this thing. Yeah, it's incredible. Right. Oh, yeah. You are writing a love letter right now to the Ampeg SVT, dude. And I am here for it. <laughs> So good. Dude, Ampeg, if you're listening, send oh. Scott Devine. We need it. We need an SD SVT, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I've, dude, I've got the B15. The B15's in the kitchen. I am, um, but yeah, like, yeah. oh, like the Ampeg SVT, the cream one, and like a P bass or an old jazz bass, and a an accord, like one of the curly ones. Oh, a coily cord. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a coily cord like Brian May, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's great. I love that. Okay, okay, let me ask you this. Now, talk to me about your feelings, your unfiltered feelings about a B-15. Oh, I love, I do love B-15s, but um, like more for studio stuff. You know, for more, yes. like I'm not sure about you, but I've had them on live gigs and stuff like that, and it's uh, it can be a struggle, and you're definitely not going to get that big warm thing going on. Well, it's no. going to be warm, but it's going to be yeah. too quiet. So you know, nobody's gonna, <laughs> you know, it can be as warm as you, yes. warm as you like, but if you can't hear it, you're stuffed. I just remember feeling, you know, there there are these amps that come into like like instruments that come into the zeitgeist as like the the talking points. So, oh, mm. the B15, oh, it's the best. And you go, yeah, okay. And as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, well, it's kind of little, but man, I guess. And I remember I got one, and then I tried to play it on a gig, and it just was like oh. I had no amp <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it was yeah, it just yeah. disappeared under. And then at any time I would try to play, and I would hear it, it was like farting because I'm cranking it up so much, and I really realize oh this is not for a live application with a loud drummer this is for a studio thing where when it's quiet it sounds really good you know yeah and you don't have to turn it up to make it ragged you yeah. know you just mic it up and it, you have a real low volume and it sounds really really thick and and juicy but that was something i had to learn i thought oh this is gonna be this is the best so it's gonna be great for me well not in my rock band you know that no. had a, like a drummer that was just rim shotting every <laughs> you know but i had <laughs> to just the bell on the learn ride. the hard way you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, and the same same thing for me. Like I came up more in rock and roll world, so when someone was talking about SVT, I always thought of an SVT as a grinding thing, like oh, as a distorted yeah, amp. Yeah, yeah. But it's not at all. It's super clean. And I remember I got one, and I kept turning it up, waiting for it to distort. <laughs> and and pretty soon dishes were you know in, in the cabinets. I mean, was, you know, and I'm like, when is it going to distort? And I remember you know I told a friend of mine. And they're like, well, it's 300 watts, two yeah. watts. Like it valve watts. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you could put a pedal in front of it. Yeah. And I, oh, and, and so it just, it took a while for me to understand these things. I don't know why in my mind an SVT was like a rock, a grinding Dude, rock. Dude, no amp. internet, man. There was but no I mean, way to look. It, thank you. Thanks for that. It's true. It's so true. I appreciate you yeah. giving me the pass. But that's <laughs> right. You know, we didn't have the info. And I just yeah. thought, yeah, man, I mean, this thing is going to be grindy and rad. And I'm like, oh, it's very clean and punchy. And I wasn't expecting that in the beginning, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, oh, and I man. think that I think they do sound great. Like I, I've got one, as I said, in the kitchen and I plug it in and I play and it's, I've got the P bass over there and it sounds really, yeah, 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 it sounds great. Like it, they really do sound great. And look at all of the, 
you know, like we were talking about LA earlier and like last time I was there, I went and visited a bunch of studios and got to hang out with like Sean Hurley and John Button and, yeah. and, and like, they're all using them. Like all of the studios have B-15s. They, they, they just, you know, that's, that's the sound, right? And I, I think we mentioned yeah. it the other, um, is it Mark Saunders who used to play for, or does play for um, Florence and the Machine? Is it Mark Saunders? Oh, Sorry, Mark, you, if you're you, listening. You talked Mark. about him about how he had to go from his, you know, he had like a, a five string and racks of stuff. And then he, then there was a producer that handed him a P bass, right? And a B15 yeah, for a record. Yeah, it was Mark I Saunders, think you were talking about that yeah. on a pod episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he played for um, Florence and the Machine. He said they did the first album. It was really great. Um, and he used all his Lacklands and his sort of like, I think he had, I'm not sure what he had, big sort of like modern, um, you know, like modern cabs and amps and stuff like that. And then he turned up to do the uh, the second album. And he said, you know, they'd been pretty successful. So they'd hired like a really cool hip producer and that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he turned up. And he said he'd had all of his all of his nice modern five strings delivered in a um, in a flight case, and, and all his cabs. He said he got to the studio, and he said they were all like pushed in one corner. And he said the produ- I can't remember the producer's name, but he said he was not shy in terms of sort of like his vision. And he said he got to the st- studio, and the, the producer's like, "You're using this bass." And it was a P bass. And he said, and he used that amp. <laughs> and that was a B15. And he said, and Amazing. he did. And through that experience of recording the album, he said he just absolutely fell in love with not only the P bass, but the B15 as well. So I think that... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I think all that to say that, um, yeah, B15s are great. They've definitely got their um, their thing. They do their... They're really great, but they're not for every situation, right? And I actually, yeah. I kind of wish there was some manufacturer that that um, that figured that out. Like maybe there is, but for me, like, is it like can somebody just like create like a a B fifteen that that works on gigs and and has that same aesthetic and just like I think there's a Boy, few people that have done similar, but it, yeah, like, do you know anybody that's done that? You know, I Matchless did like a like a flip top mm, style thing. Yeah, um, I and and I think Ashdown. I mean, you that's a UK company, right? Ashdown. I think they did yeah. some kind of flip top thing. Here's the thing, though. If you plug, uh, you know, I think even Ampeg has made a higher wattage version over the years. Uh, maybe even a. I know they did a sixty and maybe a one hundred watt version. Yeah. Um, and the B18, I think, is a higher-powered amplifier. But if you took a 100-watt B15-style amp and plugged it into an 810, it would sound more like that SVT picture that you have in your mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but that's interesting. Like, I don't... You know what might be really cool, Scott, is a, a flip-top 610 right where it's like a lightweight you know maybe maybe it's alex from barefaced making a making a 610 with a flip top thing that you know pops yeah, out yeah. and it's and it it connects and it's all in one that would be that would be pretty cool i don't know anybody that's doing that me neither i and, wish somebody you know, would before, do it i want i want me too that'd be really cool i think like to the point that you were making before about how the B15, how Mark went in, you know, with Florence and the machine and recorded that thing. And, you know, it's P bass and, um, and, uh, B15. I think that really is the tell of like, wow, this is a studio combo. So you do, I think you do have to think about an amplifier, um, or your rig, 
uh, as what are you doing? Are you playing live on the, like, are you going on tour? Well then, in, is it a big tour? Is it a big stage? Does it need mm. to have big amps? Well then maybe you get two eight tens, you know, like, uh, like Stu with the dub trio, you know, uh, yeah, like yeah. Stu's got, you know, uh, an eight ten Aguilar and a four twelve Aguilar, but they're I both the him. same look. So great. You know? Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and that's the vibe. But if he goes into the studio, my guess is he's not bringing that rig and miking it up because it's not going to translate the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. Hurley, I mean, I feel like I, I'm seeing when Hurley was out with Mayer, he wasn't using miking up a B15 on stage. He was playing an SVT. He's playing SVT, you know, yeah. and so it's, but he's not going to lug the SVT into the studio because it's a different environment. Like mm, knowing what's yeah. going to work best in those environments is really, I think, really critical. Um, yeah. And, and, and check this out, man. Like you're talking about that B15 aesthetic doing something bigger. I love that thought because going back to the thing I said earlier, I think amplifiers are aesthetic. Yes, they're tonal. Mm. Yes, they give you, you know, they, they sound great in the right context. But I think, too, they need to look good. They do. And yeah. man, you know, I I struggle when I see a tour, like a big tour, and someone has kind of a big cab or a couple of cabs, and then one of those little micro amps that, you know, <laughs> that like fits in your gig bag. Yeah. That's yeah. that's rattling around on the cabinet and, and, and about to fall <laughs> off because it's so lightweight. <laughs> yeah. That's to me too, you know, where yeah, I buy too, the man. little thing and it's rattling around. <laughs> it's like, ah. Around town, yeah, but on tour, I want to see some hardware. I want to see an aesthetic, a considered aesthetic, and maybe I think that's it adds just, to you know, it. Right? Maybe I'm vain. No, I think it adds to. Yeah, I, I think it man. does add to it, man. I think it adds to it. So for anybody listening to this, if because you know, just taking into because some of the guys listening and girls, obviously, I say guys meaning you know all, all of us. I call my wife dude, um, which which tickles <laughs> her. But never mind. Um, so with, with 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 amps in mind, you know, obviously a, bun a bunch of the a bunch of the dudes will will have experience, I guess, with these amps. But for, yeah. for, for, for the peeps that haven't, how can we break it? Because there's a, a bunch of different things to get into, isn't there? There's sort of like, okay, I suppose, if, if, yes. if, if you're thinking about buying an amp, what should you be thinking about? Combo versus head and cab. If you go in head versus cab, um, what size of cab? Should you right. go um, valve, which is what we've been talking about a lot, a lot here, actually, all of the Ampeg stuff's valve, you know, yeah. Noble <sighs> yeah. isn't valve. So let me just sort of like make these notes, right? So what, what was that? So we've got, um, head, cat, uh, combo, combo versus yeah. head and cab, head and cab. you know, yep. if you go head and valve. cab, what cab? What size cab? Right, and then, speaker size, yeah, yeah cabinet and then also size, sure. valve versus not valve. So, like, there's these three specific and questions, isn't there? Any more for our American friends? Tube, tube, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was tubes, like in the tubes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing the word valve when I was younger and be like, "What? It like a heart? Like a heart? Oh, oh, tube. Yes, yes. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. What else is there? What other categories? Is no. that it? I think that's it. Well, they're, they're the key ones for me. So let's go through these. Combo versus head and cab. What are you thinking? Yeah. Well, I, 
<laughs> I have bought and sold and still have so many of all of these things. And I will say that it depends on the situation. And I'm always going to bring a combo if I know that it's going to be very, very modest or a rehearsal that needs to be very low volume. But I have made the mistake of thinking, oh, yeah, this combo that is X amount of watts, it's going to be it's going to be great, like on a, on a kind of a medium loud gig. And I feel like mm. it never is. I feel like a combo to me. I have it in my mind as a rehearsal amplifier That's where you're sitting down, the drummer's kind of playing a little quieter, every, you're rehearsing the tunes or, or in a studio, but, but something that's more low volume. And I'm sure there are plenty of combos out there that with an extension speaker cabinet, you can maybe add a cabinet and you can build them up and they're bigger and better and would suffice on a gig. But I also just don't like the way a combo looks on a gig got it like yeah. it in, unless in, again unless it's you're playing low volume jazz or it's a coffee shop thing or but you know if if, if i'm thinking about me in like rock and roll indie rock hip-hop context <clears throat> uh like yeah. a little combo on stage always just feels kind of like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> and also with a just with a yeah, if you've got head in a cab as well, it also gives you the added uh, bonus of, you know, swapping stuff out. So if you're not into the yes. head, you can get rid of the head, buy a new one. Same thing with the cab. Let's say you get a 2x10 right. and you're like, eh, I thought it was going to be about all about a 2x10. Love the head, but this 2x10 isn't cutting it. I'm going to get rid of the 2x10, get a 4x10 or 4x8 yeah. or 4x12 or whatever you want to do. There's lots of different options. So that's, I guess, the sort of like the bonus of it as well, isn't it? And the, like, yeah, I guess what's, sure. what's the bonus of the combo? Like portability, I guess? Definitely. Portability, ease of use. If if you don't like, you know, have you ever forgotten your speaker cable? <laughs> You're like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess there's no bass tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just it's all in one, and that's cool. I totally understand that. And also sometimes I have a little powered wedge monitor that QSC makes. It's a 1000 watt wedge monitor mm. and that's sometimes my combo i'll just run out of my pedal board into that and it's a right a great height to sit on too mm, so for rehearsals ahead. or for small gigs like i do a house gig uh with my trio the orange goodness at a restaurant in minneapolis and i always bring that and then i sit on it and it's fantastic because we're just playing low volume we're not trying we're not standing up it's not a big rock show production it's instrumental we're improvising in that context a combo or something small makes more sense to me tonally and aesthetically nothing's mic'd up you know yeah yeah it's yeah, just yeah. a small band in the room and what um, combo and so do you be use? silly i think in so that's it's actually a wedge it's a it's a monitor, like oh, a, the monitor a that QSC wedge monitor that has, it's a 1000 watt wedge that I wow. stand up on end and it sounds fantastic. It sounds kind of like a really um, high powered studio monitor. Got but it. then I also have, I have a Fender Rumble combo that I've used. I think those sound fine. Yeah. Um, I have, what have I had in the past for combos? I mean, I had started out on a PV combo, you oh, know, yeah, I mean, dude. there's a bunch of things. Yeah. And I had a heart key stuff for a while, but how about you? Are, are you a fan of the combo? I'm not a huge fan of the like. I've had a few in the past. I'm trying to think about what I've had in the past. Uh, I've probably had them all. So I've had like, yeah, e like going right the way back. I've had Eden. 
I've oh, had yeah. Mark Base. I've had yes. um, Aguilar. So I've had like a bunch of different combos, but I've always felt more comfortable with a head and a cab. Just because yeah. of what I was talking about earlier, I can sort of like swap them out. And, and yes. for, So for instance, I actually really like a 2x10. If it's a small... If it's a small gig, I'd really I like to take a two by ten and uh, and a head, or right. I've even can you remember the old bag end cabs. Can you remember the bag oh, ends? Of course, yes. I, I used Elf, to have a one the ELF yeah, technology. I, yeah, I had a one by fifteen bag end, which was killer. Cool. So one by fifteen bag end with a head, and 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 again that was sort of like a a great combo type of thing. But as I got um, more experience and and just ended up playing more, I all, I gravitated towards heads and cabs because a head yeah. you can you can take a two by ten or a one by fifteen to a to a gig if it's a small one, and then if it's a bigger gig you can take a four by ten. You know, oh, so exactly. it's like yes. it's exactly. you can mix and match. So it just gives you so much more flexibility. Yeah, I have a head that I love that Jack from Noble made for me, and it's a thousand watts. And um, I always, typically, I have this a two twelve cab made by Javier Sinobas, uh, mm. and and it's awesome. It handles low end really well. It's fabulous. But I just did a gig. I did two gigs recently where I needed more speakers. I just wanted more horsepower, and I wanted it to look a little beefier on stage. Yeah. So I ended up bringing. I have a Fender four ten that I just brought along. And I put them side by side and they're about the same height. So it was a 212 and a 410, the head on one of them. And it just, it was fantastic. Now it's dropping that amp down to four ohms. It's putting out its full thousand watts. And, you know, you just turn that volume knob up a little bit and like, wow, you have all this like headroom. Oh, amazing. I loved it. And so for me, the speaker size or the, you know, like, oh, a 212 versus a 410 versus a a 310 or a 610 or a, you know, I think it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care about 12s versus 10s versus 15s, really. Like, I... In the in the past, I thought like, oh yeah, I always prefer the sound of tens. I don't. What I prefer is this is the sound of the right amount of air moving <laughs> in the room. You know. Yeah, so if that's yeah. a fifteen in the right room, you know, like I bet I'd love your bag end fifteen in the right context. But when I was yeah. playing all the Who music, like I did a show of all Who, uh, the band the Who tunes, yeah. and that just needed it just needed volume. It just yeah, needed a, yeah. a big ass sound, and it, that was then two ten or sorry two twelves and four tens. But it wouldn't have really mattered. I just needed more cabinetry, <laughs> like, yeah, I just yeah, more yeah, air movement. Yeah. You know, for, for, for the guys uh, listening yeah. who 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 like maybe sort of like have a limited budget and they're like the, you know, and, and if anybody's thinking what head what head, honestly yeah. they're all great. So let just run they through are. it: Mark Base, Aguilar, Bergantino. Um, what have we got here? Trick fish, dark glass. Uh, yeah, oh, Noble do one, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of. There's so many head manufacturers, and they're all really fantastic. I mean, GK makes some really cool Ooh, stuff. GK, Mesa, yeah. the subway stuff that Mesa makes is nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, lots Arkham? of heads. Arkham lots sound? of heads. Yeah. yeah. Arkham yeah. sound. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm there. Man. I know. I know the deal. Oh, and I know you got. <laughs> yeah. I know you got some Vander Clay in your in your stable Vander as well. Vander Clay. Yeah. yeah. So lots of great heads. Lots of you know completely. You know the price ranges are sort of like you know all over the place, but all mm-hmm. great heads. But when it comes to cabs, if you could only have one cab, yeah. If you could only have. No, I'm not really 
fussed about the manufacturer. But if you could only have one cab, what okay. would it be? 410. Agreed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. 410, yeah. Portability, yeah. Uh, bang for the buck in terms of how much air it moves, crispness, transient response of how fast it responds. Um, I have always gone back to a 410 at the end of the day. And yeah. also, I mean, I would love to say 6 or 810, but I'm, I'm taking in, I, I'm thinking I have to move it. If that's I the key thing it. isn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and two by it. tens yeah. are often they're great but too small for some gigs as yeah. two by two by twelves right so i'd rather have yeah. a slightly bigger cab that's going Agreed. to take care of all you know everything that i need it to even though sometimes it's going to be a little too big and blah, blah, blah. yes but i'd rather have that than than too little like wow dude <laughs> for sure it's such a great point because you the worst feeling in the world is babying you you know you have to turn up to a certain level to compete with the what's happening around you in the ensemble yeah the worst feeling in the world is babying your e-string or b-string because you hear your speakers start to distort oh it's a terrible you know your amps up past five you know it's like it's up to you know past halfway and your speakers are like (laughs) you you know and then and then like oh you're probably not going to kick on the octave pedal for that moment because you're worried about like you just don't want to worry about it right yeah you want it to feel like it's going to handle the thing you throw at it 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. and what about wattage of amps as well before we get into tube amps let's like push tube amps off the off the table for a minute what about wattage so of all of the things i just talked about the trick fish the angular the the noble the mark base the gk like all of these amps that are not tube like what wattage should people if you can only have one head what what's the minimum I want the biggest amount of wattage possible. I always think that more power sounds better. It doesn't necessarily equate to like raw Agreed. brute force volume. Yeah. It's just like, man, you have you have more headroom. So I I I never buy anything that's under 500 watts ever. Like I'm 500 or above. It needs to be 800, 1000, 1200 in that zone for and and that's just that could just be kind of like a superstition or kind of a weird thing about me, but I want it to be past 500. How do you feel yeah. about it? Yeah, I'm actually looking now at what I use. Yeah, I'm like I'm, my, my 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 can't speak the My main head is a thousand watts watts at eight ohms, which is I use a what trick fish trick fish bullhead one k. Yeah, uh, yeah they're really great. Awesome. Yeah, they're cool. Um, designed by Mike Pope, obviously that did um, the yeah. the the circuits over at Federa. So yeah, really really great. So a thousand watts basically. I have got the the. The I think it's like a 500 watt bullhead. I have that one the, the as well. Fish, I have yeah. that one as well. And yep. I think that when I sort of like AB them, I do prefer the 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 1K. I'm not sure whether it's just you know my you know <laughs> like my my mind playing tricks on me, but I feel yeah. like it's just got a weight, something more, a little weightier about the sound. Yes. Yes, yeah. I agree with you. I I felt that too. Mine had like a power issue, and I ended up sending it back. And they they're working on it, and I'm I'm excited to get it back because I didn't get to play it for very long. But I thought that too of like, ooh, the, it's the blue one, right? With the light up blue, the it's light got up the blue lights switches. On the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got the lights <laughs> yeah. On what what are the heads have you yeah. got? So you got the trick fish, you got the noble. <laughs> what else have you got yeah. that you use? What what else um, have you got that you use? I mean, I've got that Sadowski still, the SA200, and it's it's probably yeah. the best sounding amp I've ever used. I have an SVT, 
trying to think. I have a tiny little GK 200 watt little tiny guy that is actually I've used a bit and it's cool. I don't want to rely on it though. Um, I, I'm going to go back to the Noble for a second. That that amplifier is incredible. I think for two reasons. When Jack, I had this idea of there are all these little amps coming out on the market a number of years ago. Little amps and the, the tiny whole thing ones, is you yeah. can put it in your gig bag. You know, it's 800 yeah. watts and you can stick it in your gig bag. And I remember I bought one of those things and played, and it rattled off of the top of my cabinet. <laughs> Oh no. And I was like, this is lame. And I'm gaff taping it down. And I'm like, this is dumb. And I said to Jack, what if you made an amp, Jack Roan at Noble? What if you made an amp that had your preamp in it, but then had a big badass like power section and it was built into a beautiful head box, but it was light. So, you know, because the power section is digital, it's not going to be a huge toroid transformers and tubes and stuff and so it's a tube preamp but no tube power amps a solid state power amp and in a beautiful head box and so you lift it and you're delighted you think it's going to be 60 pounds you know but wow it's 24 pounds you know wow oh this is but it looks it's like a piece of gear man it looks like a and they look phenomenal Cheers. Yes. And he did a, he builds all those by hand one at a time. And wow. here's the thing, man, I, we, we talked, we, uh, talked about that together and I was convinced that that thing was going to take the market by storm. And what I discovered was hmm, people are actually are pretty happy with the convenience. Not as many people feel the same level of intent, intense intensity around the aesthetic that I do. I am happy to carry something bulkier so that it looks mm. sick behind me. But I think that most players, or at least players that are, are jobbing and maybe not on tour, are happier, maybe, with something that's lighter and more portable and more convenient. So, so interesting. Yeah. I thought yeah. I thought he was gonna sell a shit ton of those. I really did. <laughs> well, really the other did. thing too, Scott, and I need to tell you this too, is that I said, Do you want me to do a big promo push for this thing? And he said, No, because they're really hard to make. He's like, I'm already <laughs> charging. He's like, I'm I'm not charging enough for them, but mm. but I but I can't in good conscience charge more. But he's like, I'm making the cabinet. I mean, he goes to Home Depot, buys the wood. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he actually makes the yeah, cabinet. Makes yeah. Thing. yeah. No, I mean, and yeah. so it's so incredible. So listen, he he has told me before, like, don't don't promote it because getting orders for them he always tries to move people to buy the di you know instead of buying so maybe that's why he didn't sell that many because he was continuing (laughs) trying to move people along (laughs) but i'm telling everybody out there it's beautiful it's simple it's gorgeous it's only two grand which i think is a steal for that amplifier so i say make jack make jack build you one (laughs) and and obviously and that is as you said that has got a um solid state power section hasn't it yes Yes. is it a tube tube preamp tube preamp yeah solid state power and if anybody's wondering it's when it's when you have a tube power section that things start to get heavy yes (laughs) so let's talk about so what we've gone over is combo versus head we both we both want heads and cabs 
Yeah. Um, we've talked about how many watts again, just as much as possible. Um, we've talked about cabs, <laughs> yeah. four by ten for both of us. Actually, yeah. um, obviously, we'd probably b- both have like a twelve by ten <laughs> if we could. But there you go. Um, <laughs> Stack but, it to the ceiling. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what about tubes versus solid state? What's right. the What's the big difference? And I guess there's 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 three things here, isn't there? There's solid yeah. state. There's tube preamp with a with with a non-tube power amp and then there is yep. fully tube tube yes preamp and tube power amp yep What's, what, and what in the beginning think? of the pod the, you know scott and i are talking about the svt and the b15 those are all tube amps both mm. both sections tube pre yeah. tube power um boy i i have a i have a lot of thoughts about this and i've owned a bunch of them and um i have come back to the hybrid model as my favorite model or a tube preamp connected to a high wattage solid state power amp i think it's the best for me i think it could be placebo but i think it's <laughs> the best combination of tube front end warm harmonic overtony maybe a tiny bit of grind or distortion um feeding into a really reliable high wattage high transient air moving um lightweight power section that's my favorite thing um but that said i have a bunch of all tube amps and they sound really good i mean if you put them side by side with the all solid state thing it's hard to deny that the tube all tube amps just have something more going on they're more what do they have complex can you de- can you describe it yeah it's it's 3d every every note feels like it has more weight or character the mid-range is kind of forward in a, in a really pleasing way the high end isn't brittle i don't know it's just you go oh maybe this is the way the bass is supposed to sound <laughs> you know mm, and then if you if yeah. you crank it up a bit right it starts to kind of grind and then you whack it with a pick and it goes more than a solid state <laughs> amp does and then you go Oh, and then what happened to me was well, this is intoxicating. I have to play this on every gig, and oh, now I need to, I need to hear what KT eighty eight sound like versus EL thirty fours. And I went down the freaking rabbit hole, dude. Oh, dude, dude. I mean, oh, I'm blindfolded, and my friends are pulling tubes and putting in others, and I'm wondering if I can tell a different. <laughs> dude, I went. <laughs> Dude, I went hard. (laughs) I went hard. And then I had a couple of experiences. Emily, why did you leave him? (laughs) Was it another woman? (laughs) Well, it wasn't another woman, but there was something else. (laughs) It was an all-tube amplifier. It was an all-tube amplifier. It was Katie. Who's Katie? (laughs) It's a tube. Katie 88. (laughs) Katie 88. (laughs) It was Ellie. Ellie 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Dude. Dude. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I just go back to my wife saying to me, why do you need that? (laughs) And I'm like, it's the best. Because it's the best. What are you ta- what are you talking about? Why do I need it? It's the best. Oh, oh you don't think your boy needs the best? I mean, <laughs> let let me can I can I tell you an experience? So I, I told you about the one thing where it burned do a tube it. out on the gig. Yeah. Here here's another story that I think I've told maybe before uh in a in a solo episode, but briefly I want to tell you because it really pertains to this. I'm playing with that rig at a 
get a place called Ice House, an incredible, small, kind of more jazz venue in Minneapolis. I've got my Sadowski tube head on top. I have a Bergantino 610 sealed Ooh. cab on stage. I've got my pedal board and my fancy bass and it, fancy cables. And I paid a lot of money for the speaker cable even. <laughs> and I mean, I've probably got 12 grand worth of gear on stage. And the bass player in the band after us named Jim Anton, incredible bass player who's played with Prince and Johnny Lang and the list goes on and on, saw my rig, came to the front of the stage and said, wow, man, that's fancy. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want to play it for your set? You'd be welcome to. And he said, no, no, I'm going to I'm gonna play the house amp. I said, oh, I didn't even know that. He said, yeah, it's a, and he points. And it was a, it was a line six called a low down 10 it was a 110 inch speaker in a little oh. tiny box that tipped back like a wedge oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i said yeah. yeah and i said oh, oh are you sure you want to play that thing and he said yeah yeah it, it's it's cool and it'll be perfect for what i need it for okay and then i got on stage with my moderately too loud indie rock band and we we played a slightly forced energy set in a club that was not very receptive and my amp sounded fine it was probably yeah. a little too loud i probably wasn't in the house and i got done and felt that sort of empty feeling when you feel like you've bared it all and it wasn't very well received yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i went huh, i wonder and you know you start to ask yourself i wonder what i'm doing with my life meanwhile jim anton <laughs> is getting on stage and Plugs his, he has a Mustang bass that's chopped up like it has a routed pickup in it. He bought it at a pawn shop. He doesn't care what chord. He hasn't researched for hours online about the chord he uses like your boy yeah, has. Yeah. He plugs that cable into that amp. It, it's the DI out of that. It's not a noble, not some fancy, you know, just a XLR out of that amp into the house and proceeded to put on a master class. Played instrumental music with a band called the droppers and they played like meters tunes oh. and they murdered low to medium volume pocket groove he took a bass solo that like everyone like stood up you know like i mean and he had yes dude and he had the most <clears throat> modest gear and it was a very it was a life-changing experience because i thought so i have been yeah I have been putting too much energy, time, energy, and importance into what I'm bringing on stage and not enough energy into my concept. Like, yeah, dude, it was, it was a heavy lesson and I struggle with it to this day. Like I came up to him and just said, man, that was, it was, it changed things for me. <laughs> and I just started to reevaluate, like, why do I feel the need to bring all this fancy shit on stage? What am mm. I, what am I overcompensating for? Right. What am I trying to prove? Um, and so, yeah, man, I mean, that was my all tube, the height of my real like amplifier addiction. And after that, I think I, I scaled things down a little bit and tried to just focus more on my playing and less yeah. on what if el 34 sounded better than kt88s in my yeah like i guess you know? that well, well two things i've just pulled jim anton up 
Um, and I'm looking at Google Images, and, and I was like, oh, that guy, he's a freaking yeah. badass. He's a monster. Yes, he's, he's a monster. He's a monster, yes. monster player. Shout and out to you, Jim Anton. If you absolutely. ever listen, man, you are And he's got a master life, beard as well, like master beard. Yes, he does. But, <laughs> yes, he, but he does. He, he's really, yeah. really incredible. I've, I've heard him play. Um, I think he's the, he does some sort of like fretless thing on YouTube, and I can't remember watching it. Just being, yes. Has he, he, has he played with Corey Wong? Yes. So he, oh God, dude, he and I both played on Phoebe Cadis's record. <gasps> so Corey called me to do half of it and Jim to do half of it. And I played on maybe the more rock and rolly stuff. And there's a clip of him playing a tune of hers, of Phoebe's, playing fretless. And he has this thing he does on fretless where he palm mutes, plays with his thumb, and then lifts his palm after the initial attack. And it goes, I mean, it is masterful. And it's his yeah. vibe. Um, and he also is incredible on fretted also. But that yeah. fretless thing that he does is so, so beautiful. Um, yeah, man, he's he's unreal. He's unbelievable. And and what I was going to say is, and, and what was the main thing that like you, you learned from that? Was it, because it, I guess that like amps, they do matter, right? Like all of it, of course it matters. But sure. to, like, what did you come away with? Did you come away with this sort of like this, this like a, oh shit, they do matter, but... I got to really concentrate yeah. on my playing. That's where the magic happens. Yes. The, the, it really started me down this road of what actually matters is looking at the big picture. Um, if I was using the best amp in the world and was turned up too loud and wasn't in the PA, was it actually, did my bass actually sound good? Yeah. I, I mean, on stage, I guess it sounded good to me, but did it sound good to the people that were there? Like, I want to be playing. I don't want to be delusional. I don't want to be playing uh, in a space and be not in the space. I want to take the the venue, the audience, the band, the PA, everything into account and make that the most successful gig that it can be. And sometimes I would just bring my big, dumb, expensive amp, turn it up too loud, and it would cause more problems right? Mm. Then it would sound great. Oh, people got to hear the tubes grind a little bit. So I got to turn it up. And uh, it's just never the right approach. So that's why going back to the beginning, the thing I said at the beginning of the podcast, that experience really made me think it's about the band you're with, the sensitivity of the musicians, the quality of the musicians, right? It's about the music you're playing. It's about your sound person. It's about the room, right? All of, those are the things that actually you should be thinking more about how do I get into a better band? How, what, what's the sound person we're going to work with? What's the venue that we want to play? What's the kind of music that we want to do? Like in an ensemble, those questions are so much more fruitful than yeah. what amplifier should I buy? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, can't agree more. Um, before we go, I know that everybody listening will be thinking exactly the same thing as me. That this is all very well and good, but... Like, let's really talk about KT88s and EL34s. Just let's just let's crack that open. Just because um, okay, somebody sure. will be like, whatever, okay. dude. Yeah, like you need to be a better bass player. No shit, but tell me about the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the tubes. I, did dude, you I ever tell you. did you come to some conclusion? Yeah, sure. Yes. KT88s and six L sixes, which are like a, a taller glass tube. Um 
are, I think, a, a more... Well, what, I, what I've observed is those two tubes in particular, KT88s and 6L6s, um, sound more stout and immediate and almost more like a power... Like a, uh, a solid state power section. They're faster. They respond faster. Think about a Mesa dual rectifier. That's 6L6. Think about a Fender clean amp, you know, fast, chimey, bright. Um, oh. Whereas an EL34 is more of a Marshall tube. It's it's a little slower. It's I think it's a little bit uh, lower wattage mm, or mm, presents the, the voltage is somehow different. Oh, now I'm talking out of my ass. But, uh, what, what I've experienced with EL34 is just in, with my ears yeah. is that they seem warmer and slower. So for like lower volumes or where maybe you want more distortion and sag, they, yeah. they feel really great. But what I have, what I learned EL, is EL34. that I actually... EL34s, yeah. yeah, are slower, warmer, gainier, break up easier. Yeah. KT88s um, and 6L6s feel more robust, stout. They're they're less uh, less prone to breaking up as fast. Yeah, and they feel just a little bit more like punchy, mm. less saggy. And what do you uh, prefer? And so for bass. I prefer the latter. I prefer um, a 6L6 or a KT88. I even had a I had a high watt clone called a Reeves. That oh had, yeah, yeah, Reeves, yeah. KT88s in it. You remember Reeves? I mean, yeah, geez. man. And yeah, stuff is so it's so cool. It's so cool. And you know, when you get into the nuance of it, it can be really fun. But all that to say, man, all that stuff goes out the window. When you're in a room that doesn't sound good, if you're in a Absolutely. room that doesn't yeah. sound good, and you're the screwed. and the monitors are feeding back, then you start to go, "What the hell am I doing? I'm spending yeah. too much time worrying about about changing the tubes in my amp when I should have been learning more tunes to audition for that other band that's playing better venues." Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Making more money. There's, there's a venue that over in Manchester, um, great, great kind of like live music venue. And man, like yeah. the stage is maybe five foot deep and hollow wood, yeah. and it's just an abomination oh. when it try when you it's in, it's oh, just bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like there's a blue whale in the I mean, in the neighbourhood yeah. being harpooned. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what can you do? So you turn down and you're like. Now I can't hear myself. So you turn up and then you have to, you turn your bass turn down the bass and down. then it, your bass. Oh, and it's a great venue as well. What great yeah. audience. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. The, the solve for that <sighs> is just finding, you know, finding the right amp for that space, you know, and maybe yeah. then even like leaving it there. <laughs> like if you, you know, if you play a place a lot that's problematic, you know, bringing a few things, trying to solve it, and then you know maybe that becomes the house rig there. I don't yeah, know. Mitch Friedman, you know, like obviously yeah. Mitch Friedman from Alinto, and what's what's the shop that you work that is at? Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, the the uh, NYC Guitar Shop. I believe NYC, that's what it's yeah. called. Shout yes. out to Mitch. Mitch, you're an absolute oh, star. Best. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he he always plays with cans on actually like even live he yes. always plays with cans on and i think that that is 
uh, a super smart way to do it. Like, I'm not sure yeah. whether he's having the sort of like the band feedback through there, or it's just maybe a oh, yeah, way of no, monitoring so he's him in a, better. Yeah, he's in a cover band, and they're all on ears, so there's no amps on stage. Got it. And so that's a whole. I mean, I'm seeing the comments now, Scott. What about if you're only playing with in ears? Do you need an amp? What do you guys like? Have you ever played a gig with in ears? I mean, that mm. that world. What about modeling? versus you know oh, yeah. real amps what's I better actually, i love the, the svt model yeah like I, <laughs> yeah i, do I too. love in i do too I, I don't like it really without an amp i, I, I like an amp and in ears just so i can feel that air and then you oh. know you've got your in ears but you can yeah, now you've got these patches the that you can stand worlds. on and it rumbles and stuff like that what are they called them them rumble patches <laughs> yeah a rumble I've, patch I've had, I, I just made that up <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah patch. what is that thing Come called a I, patch <laughs> butt kicker was i feel like the first company that made it for a drum throne called yeah, a butt kicker yeah, yeah. and you know, you'd step on the kick and you'd feel it in your throne yeah. but i can't remember yeah <laughs> i like let's go with rumble patch rumble patch <laughs> like so you what it happens is you're i think you take an out don't you from your amp and put it into oh no because you, you haven't got an amp obviously so the concept is that you play within ears but you can stand on this platform and when you yeah. play the bass the platform actually rumbles a little bit so you really so it tricks your mind into feeling that you've got a giant gigantic you know like uh, ampeg svt behind you but really you, you haven't you, you've just got your in-ears and you're and you're you know you're stood on this uh, this rumble patch but i have had some really <laughs> great gigs with in-ears and i'm just sort of like i can remember just i, I did a uh, a tour for a while and just thinking i can remember just thinking i'm gonna be really sad when i have to go back to gigs Without in ears, oh, yeah, because it was so yeah. I could just hear everything, and, and we'd, yes. we'd worked on the mix a little bit, so it was oh. just perfect for me. And like yes. I had my own sort of like you know little sort of like you can mix it yourself, and it was beautiful. And I can remember just thinking, oh, it's a sad day when I go back to you know like normal gigs where you're just like we're just crash cymbals right at your ears, and yeah, yeah. The man, whole I've thing, d- yeah. I've done that yeah. stuff too. I've played enough in church world too, where um, some some of those scenes uh, are just beautifully um yeah yeah like funded and so that the gear is so great the mixes sound incredible yeah i got to play too with gavin DeGraw for a little while and his ears guy i think his name was ben shout out to you ben ben would mix per song so he would wow. save scenes so if it was a ballad and you wanted the click level a little lower um, and maybe in the strings and the oh, tracks, I love this a touch guy. lower as well. <laughs> he w- he would custom make mixes for you. Or if you needed that vocal louder in the bridge where Gavin went out into the crowd, you know, um, he all that stuff was scenes. You could take notes and think. There was even a talkback mic on stage that you could walk up to and step on a button and talk directly to Ben, who was mixing ears. <sighs> say, I'm sorry, man, Can, give me a touch more kick drum. You yeah. know, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd walk Incredible. over like, hey, Ben, 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 just to let you know, we love you. <laughs> In the middle of the gig, Ben, we love you. Anyway, dude, yeah, let's call it, man. You, man. Let's call it. We've had like a full, yeah. we're over I, an hour of amps, man. Oh, hey, listen, I think we might need to do a follow-up around in-ears and maybe even around um, uh, fake versus real. Like, are the modelers better different worse than the real thing should you buy the origin pedal that tries to sound like the svt or the svt what's better 
I think, I think that could be something worth getting into. Oh, dude. And, and like, like the modelers you use on your pedals as well on your line six is like, it's incredible. It's, I mean, yeah. there's some cool stuff in there. There's some cool yeah. stuff in there. I've got, I, I was I watching that. Yeah. I was watching that video that you did. Um, you know, it was, uh, don't, 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 don't. what's that baseline? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah. I'm Bernard shoot. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, the yeah. tone you got on that with that music was incredible. It was so oh, close. Cheers, dude. Dude, it was so close to the original. Yeah, I was thank like, you. He spent time on that. <laughs> I did, man. I studied hard. I put flats on that thing and a mute. There's actually, I'm really lucky. There was a there was a beautiful isolated track on uh, on YouTube, and it, it to my ears anyway, without a doubt, it was a Stingray with flats, and I oh, never yeah. knew that. I mean, I always saw him, and some people say, oh, no, I think it was a P-Bass. I don't think so. Um, like, oh, I think he played a P-Bass on the recording. I actually don't think so. When I heard it, I was like, man, that sounds to me like a Stingray with flats, and I'd never put flats on a Stingray before. I kind of thought that was a no-no in a way, like, Sounded oh, they, you should always have rounds on a Stingray, but yeah. man, flats on a Stingray, it's a vibe. It's very cool. Yeah, and then I just well, let, you know just okay, let's, let's tweak do some it. stuff in the. Let's stick it in a like an <laughs> yeah. episode coming up. We'll talk about um, amp modeling and, and in ears and stuff like that. It'd be amazing, dudes. Yeah, as always, like thanks if you for don't listening. have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, go for it, man. Go <laughs> like for I just it. want to keep going. I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have the opportunity, right? Like you might be listening to this, thinking Scott Ian, that's all great, but I don't play a single gig anymore ever that has an amp. So how does yeah. this pertain to me? We're, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about we it. We absolutely on a will, episode. dudes. Yeah. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. See you in a bit. Bye. Cheers, everybody.